I sit here and I feel grateful and that's um, that's how I felt the whole time I've been here. I, I feel like I've been able to help, which makes me feel good, but I feel grateful that I've had the opportunity to. Welcome to another big edition of Bomber Radio. Simon Conway joining you alongside Jeremy Arnold. That was the voice of James Kelly you heard there at the top of the program, the retiring Bomber. Jez announcing today that this season will be his last. Uh, he's left a, a big uh, mark on this club in, in a very short space of time. Yeah, he has, uh, he's been a fantastic mentor for so many of the, uh, the younger players. Um, you know, uh, a lot of them were like sponges. Uh, they just wanted to absorb as much information from him as possible. We know he's very uh, strong in his views on how he thinks football should be played and the standards that you need to uh, maintain to be a really good club because he's come from that really successful culture yep. down in Geelong. So, you know, a wonderful asset for our young players to have inside the football club for two years. It's a shame it couldn't be a little bit longer, but who knows what can happen this year. Yeah, well, we'll speak to him very shortly and interesting to get his thoughts on on uh, coaching he mentioned in a press conference that that's the path that he uh, would like to head down a path that he wasn't going to head down a couple of years ago when he initially stepped away from footy after his time uh, with Geelong so it'd be great to catch up with James Kelly very shortly now last week Jez obviously disappointing to go down to the Crows they're a very powerful outfit they were pretty clinical yeah. um, in the end the Bombers uh, gave it their best shot but uh, sometimes you just got to uh, take your hat off to the opposition you know, the game ebbed and flowed and it was great to see the players never gave up and they fought back on a, a number of occasions to get back into the game. But Adelaide just had that polish. Um, they're not a quick team, but they use the ball quickly, don't they, with their skills. They're just super smooth with their skills and their their players' ability to work up the ground as well to create those attacking options. They sort of sucked us into certain parts of the ground and then have those overlapping yep. runners to free up space. So. Yeah. Um, as Wusha mentioned, good to test yourself against the best side in the competition. The guys will certainly learn a lot from that, and hopefully we see um, a response this week against the Gold Coast. They're like a, a German uh, soccer team, the Crows. <laughs> they don't make any mistakes. They They're mechanical, and um, and they take all their opportunities. But uh, in saying that, the, the votes... Um, a number of good contributors again in the end uh, one vote for the skipper Dyson Heppel who's uh, having a very consistent year um, so far in uh, 2017 for two votes the spark in that third quarter Kale Hooker was excellent up forward and, and he like Heppel is having a magnificent season in attack and for three votes uh, we went for the first year player Andrew McGrath who totally took Eddie Betts out of the game and uh, kept him to seven possessions and just uh, one point which uh, only the second time in th- his last 33 games for Eddie Betts that he's uh, been held goalless so that is a magnificent feather in the cap of one of the brightest young players in the competition. And the best part of um, Andrew McGrath's performance was that people have actually started talking about him being a rising star um, uh, a chance of winning the rising star mm. because previously because he's been able to compete at that consistent level he's sort of you know fallen off the radar to a certain extent yep. um, but off the back of Saturday night's performance on bets he's now a genuine chance to win the rising star in terms of the, the media coverage I guess uh, and the commentary around it which is which is good and it should be um, just reward for the young guys putting a, a huge season and delivered um uh, week in, week out to a really high standard, hasn't he? He sure has. It was interesting to hear Guy McKenna on the footy panel earlier in the week 
uh, liken Andrew McGrath's output this year to Jago O'Meara, who yeah. of course was a player under uh, Bluey in, and had a brilliant breakout year in 2013 en route to winning um, the Rising Star. And also Robert Shaw has uh, put an article that will be on essendonfc.com.au very shortly about uh, what separates Andrew McGrath from the other uh, contenders for the Rising Star Award. He makes a very strong case um, when taking a look at who he's actually matched up on, his output um, and his consistency. So uh, certainly some very strong arguments there from Robert Shaw. But uh, Andrew McGrath's had a brilliant year. He's um, up to seven votes now in the Bomber Radio Player of the Year, an award uh, led by Michael Hurley with two games to go. He's out in front on 23 votes, followed by Zach Merritt on 20. So it'll be a race in two between those two over the last two weeks as to who can win that award. Uh, Dyson Heppel in third place on 13. Joe Danaher in fourth on 11 votes. So I dare say that Zach Merrill will be looking for a best on ground performance against Gold Coast this week just to, to get back in contention there. He's Simo. looking for back-to-back uh, MVP awards, um, Zach Merritt. So, yeah, it'll go down to the wire between those two. But uh, they're certainly in all-Australian um, contention. Kel Toomey mentioned during the week, four Essendon players likely to figure in at least that squad of 40. Yep. Uh, Michael Hurley, Zach Merritt. Joe Danaher and Horacio Fantasia. So it'd be fantastic after not having it, uh, any All-Australian representatives last year to have multiple um, players figure in that um, this season. But a man who was in the All-Australian team back in 2011 is James Kelly. Uh, let's catch up with him now. Over the course of my career, footy took a lot out of me physically and mentally and emotionally. And um, Essendon's sort of reinvigorated my love for the game and, and for footy, so thank you. And retiring Essendon player James Kelly joins us on Bomber Radio. James, thanks a lot for your time, mate. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Big day for you. How'd you find it all? Telling yeah. the players and then facing the media. Yeah, big day. Look, I, I've, this is the second time I've retired now, so um, it was all pretty pretty smooth. Um, I just wanted to talk to the players out on the ground and um, not have too much fanfare. Like obviously, I'd retired once before and gone through all of that, which is which is great. But um, I felt like this time it was more important just to be a bit more low key, and, um, and I was really happy I got the opportunity to speak with the players and quick press conference, and and that's it. And it's um, business as usual now until we get bundled out at some stage. So, how did this all unfold this week? You mentioned you you spoke to John Warsfold. Earlier, earlier in the week, did he initiate that? Did you initiate that? How did that all play out? Oh well, we'd sort of been having some um, a few chats over the course of the year, just really briefly, and um, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I made the decision where I wanted to coach, and so the point came where I needed a decision on whether I was playing or not because I needed to move forward with coaching. So, um, as you know, the AFL is a really fast-moving industry, and you sort of got to get in on top of that stuff really quickly. So, uh, to the club's credit, we we sort of asked and asked a couple of times, and and um, I just went yeah went into Wusher on Monday and had the chat, and we uh, got to a pretty good spot pretty quickly, and and that was it. So there's no moment when you're sort of walking the dog or you know driving the car into training. It was that that conversation that sort of made it? Pretty yeah, clear? I I think I'd, I'd been fifty uh, fifty for most of the year. And I'd, I'd spoken with Bush before about it, and I'd, yeah, I'd said like if you if you want me to and you need me to, I'll, I'll play, and I still feel like I can. Um, but you know, the, there was no real sort of light bulb moment. I, whatever stage I was going to finish, I was always going to be happy. I've, I've really enjoyed my last couple of years here, and I, I felt like I've got a lot out of being here. So 
um, whenever the decision came, I, I was happy. So um, for the last sort of six weeks, I've just been enjoying playing and, and enjoying being around the group. And um, you soak those little moments up because you're not sure if, if they're going to be a last in, in like in the nicest possible way. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all it's all pretty easy. Like I said, I've, I've done it before, so it's um, I knew what was coming. You spoke about um, the amount that you invest in your body and your mind to get ready for each game, yeah. um, each week. Were you surprised how well your body and mind held up? Like especially last year, how tough that would have been being a senior leader, and then again this year. Yeah, last year especially, I, I, I came here and um, I wasn't sure how I was going to go. I hadn't. Uh, literally hadn't trained for five months when I got here so um, I was a bit unsure of, of where, I, where I was at um, it made me just think a little bit more about the training type of training I did do I couldn't waste a lot of time doing a lot of K's and a lot of aerobic running um, to build that base up I had to have a bit of faith that that would come back um, and I spent a lot of time just doing uh, a lot of speed training and re- repeat speed and, and strength work uh, in the gym. So you know, I felt like if I could get my body back to a, a reasonable s- state in my strength um, capacity and then and able to run fast, I, you know, I'd be able to take care of the rest. And um, I worked through that with Jesse, the weights coach, and Crowey and, and the other guys down there, and um, Turk especially. So... Um, I'm really pleasantly surprised with how how my body felt last year and good enough obviously to play again this year. What is it about your time at Essendon that's enabled you to fall back in love with the game? Just working with the the younger players really and being around a a good club with good people you know um, from top to bottom there's really good people at this club and um, I I came here just wanting to help and the clubs ended up helping me more than I I expected Um, and you know I walk in the door and within a week um, sitting down with Zach Merritt and Joe Danaher and they're picking my brains about things and talking about what sort of players they want to be and what sort of club they want to be at and and being around those guys and seeing how hungry they are for this club to be great and um, for their team that they're playing in and their leading to be great um, really sort of sparked it in me and I admire the way those guys go about their footy and it made me really sit back and think about what I valued and what I wanted to put at the front of my career. It's funny because it's only sort of two years out of your life within the scheme of things. It's obviously not that much, but it's sort of changed the course. You were heading down an AFL admin pathway and now heading down the coaching pathway. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a sliding doors thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's uh, it's something I'm really grateful for. I, I, I said it in my press conference today. I, I sit here and I feel grateful, and that's um, that's how I felt the whole time I've been here. I, I feel like I've been able to help, which makes me feel good. But I feel grateful that I've had the opportunity to. You grew up an Essendon supporter. Was there something nice about you know being able to finish your your career uh, in the Essendon colours? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I think when I started playing last year. My dad was pumped. He was pumped. He's, <laughs> he's secretly barracked for Essendon the whole time yeah. I was at Geelong. But, um, yeah, to be here, and I think one of my first days I came in here, um, there was a couple of ex-players here, and, you know, I was a fan of the, of them. And um, so to be here and see that just gave, like, 10-year-old Cal a bit of a bit of a buzz. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I really do like it there is a bit of romance about that yeah. and I, I do like that I've had the opportunity to do that can you pick out a one particular moment that you enjoyed the most like from a pure playing perspective was it after a win or a moment <laughs> yeah look the couple of wins um we had last year especially the one early against Melbourne that was that was good from the point of view of seeing how um excited and happy the players were after that win um you know the the 
couple of guys made comment that oh, this is not a big win for you. You know, you've been a part of some big wins, and, and that's true. But for me, the the seeing the joy they got out of that was was something really special. It, it reminds you of when you're young, and every win's exciting, and you, you're not really playing with a plan to get to finals and win a premiership. You're playing because you love it, and um, that's what I saw in those guys. And that win. Um, really just solidified for me how good this game is and, and how much it gives you. Andrew McGrath spoke glowingly about the impact you've had on him in the early stages of, of his career. How have you found working with him? Oh, it's a pleasure. Look, he, he spoke really, really nicely of me and that's a little bit undeserved. He does a lot of the work himself. I don't, um, I just sort of guide him where I can, but he's a pleasure to work with. He's a really intelligent kid, really measured kid and, and someone who... Uh, you give him a, a little piece of advice and you can tell he's taking it on board and, and he actually changes his, his behaviour off the back of that. So um, some young, young players, it takes a while for them to figure out. They, you know, It's a really hard thing early in your career. There's so much going on, but um, you know, his, his ability to absorb information and then turn it into performance and, and change things instantaneously is something like really I've never seen in a young player, especially so early in his career. So... Um, I made a joke to Wusha, we were chatting about that exact thing and, and I made a joke to Wusha that you know you'd, he's not the number one pick by accident and yeah. you, know, you look at him and he's obviously got his amazing physical attributes but that's nothing if you don't have a good mind and it's certainly um, I think the club's certainly on a winner with him. When you look at the strength of your Geelong side you hardly ever had a pick inside sort of the first I think Selwood was your, your highest in that dominant yeah. side and he was pick seven so it was all sort of yeah, what, what they did after they got drafted. Exactly right. Like getting drafted, I've always been a believer. Is once you get to the club, you're just another bum in the shower, really. So <laughs> you, you've still got to work for your career, and you, you don't get handed anything because you're a high draft pick. And um, you know we had a, a really strong culture of that at, at Geelong. If you deserve to play, you played. And um, a lot of guys who were at various stages when we were being successful we were playing really good footy in the twos, just bashing the door down to get into the side. So. Um, a guy like Mitch Duncan was like that. Um, he came into the side late and ended up winning a premiership. So um, it's it's a really it's a really unique part of footy, but um, it's uh, it's really fun to be a part of and watch. Is there a young player that maybe we haven't seen a lot of this year that you're looking forward to watching emerge over the the coming seasons? A young defender, a young yeah, player? I I really uh, I really like Kobe much. I think he's going to be a really good player. He uh, covers the ground well. He makes good decisions by hand and foot. Um, and he's just a, a good, honest kid. You know, he's, he's yep. brave in the air. He's strong over the ball. Um, him and Jordan Ridley will be really good players. Um, I think a couple of the other guys will take a little bit longer to develop, but um, there's certainly a lot of talent at the footy club, and, and those two guys will be guys who I think once a few older guys are moved on, they'll have instant impact in the side, and I'll be looking forward to, to watching. What do you think this team can go on and achieve You know, beyond... 2017, Kel? Oh, beyond, like, we can achieve whatever we want this year. It's up to us. Um, beyond 2017, um, you know, anything's possible. The, the hard part about footy is getting everyone on the same page and getting everyone to do what you want them to do consistently. And that's where we're at at the moment. We've had some great games this year and we've had some poor games, um, games where we've defended well, games where we haven't. So um, if we can get some experience in the finals this year and, and create a bit of a benchmark of where we want to be um, the sky's the limit you know this, this group's capable of anything we've got really good tall players we've got good experienced midfielders we've got good young midfielders we've got some really talented half backs we've got some really talented small half forwards so there's enough there to um, to certainly win a premiership and that's what 
you know that's what everyone should be thinking about we're not here to make up the numbers and um, this year and beyond is should be in the front of everyone's mind well we hope we run sort of deep into september but have you started thinking about some of the things that you won't miss about football when you hang up the oh boards? yeah <laughs> yeah there's always a few um oh, there's lots of little things that you won't miss like you know recovery and being in the gym at you know 7 8 o'clock in the morning when no one's here and it feels like a bit of a lonely place and um not being able to have a glass of wine with my wife most nights things like that yeah. my wife's not an alcoholic just <laughs> <laughs> one glass <laughs> <laughs> um yeah th- little things like yeah. that is is what you'll enjoy not being a player anymore but on the other side of that is the things you'll miss too yeah. you know you really miss the little conversations with players and um you know the carry on in meetings sometimes when someone cracks a gag and things out on the track and the real all those little moments along the way um you certainly miss playing that's the number one but what makes playing so enjoyable is all the little things underneath it as well so um i won't miss cold tanks and (laughs) running until i'm physically exhausted and all that sort of stuff but there's a lot that you will miss ask you about your top football moment top prank you pulled off at essendon top prank i pulled off at essendon um the pigeon in in Andy McGrath's locker was good. I wasn't. I wasn't. You know, Jackson Merritt caught that pigeon, and that was that was pretty. That was. I think it was a bit of a lame. Yeah, it was a bit of a lame pigeon. <laughs> he picked an easy target, but um, that I really enjoyed enjoyed watching that unfold. That was really good, and um, actually, the young the young guys at the club at the moment, the um, development boys, have been really hard on each other with pranks. There's guys fish getting put in guys' cars, and um, you know cars getting filled up with beanbag balls and all that sort of stuff so that's been fun to watch and just sit back and i think they know better than to poke the bear so yeah. I've, I've been able to just sit back and enjoy it which has been great to watch one of the great legacies you'll leave at essendon pops with you uh, yeah which, which is uh, i think that's the most important thing <laughs> you, know, you, know, you, you create a pattern of behavior behind <laughs> you and um yeah those guys have taken up that mantle which is good you still have one uh, prank to pull off um, that hasn't yet been uh, finalised. Yeah, yeah, I've got someone in uh, the Essendon media department is in the gun for that um, cheap shot of a tweet the other week. He's been sick for quite some time. Convenient, yeah. Mm, Convenient, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's certainly been sheepish, little yeah. Baz, but um, oh, he'll get his comeuppance eventually, don't worry about that. Maybe Ronnie Lerner will give you a hand in, in handing that out. Uh, yeah. Hello to Ronnie if you're listening. Uh, just a couple of quick ones to finish with, mate. Um, your toughest opponent from your AFL careers uh, Nigel Lappin for his running yeah he's running I used to always have to play on him which was a pleasure um, I learned a lot playing on him but um, yeah I was always just exhausted after every time I played on him what's the one rule you'd change about the game that's a good question uh, I would have changed a few different rules over the t- over the journey but if we could go back and just abolish the sub from the that's yeah. a bit of a blight on our game I reckon uh, get rid of that. Um, which Essendon figure had the biggest impact on you? Um, I think a lot of Woosher, obviously. Him and him and Harves are the two guys that I spent the most time with. And um, I, I feel like I've got a good relationship with Woosher and Harves and, and be able to have honest, honest conversations with them. So those guys have been part of the reason why I've enjoyed playing so much. And who are the best and worst social media exponents within the club? Are the, uh, well, yeah, well, actually, I, I recently unfollowed David Zaharakis <laughs> on <That's big>. Instagram. <laughs> so 
I've had, had him coming for a while. Yeah, he's he's a repeat offender. <laughs> he put this photo up of a goat, which is the straw that broke the camel's back. And he, he, the photo was about the goat, but somehow he managed to get his own head in there. And I told him, I said, if you want to put a photo up of the goat, just put the goat up. You don't have to put yourself up. And he couldn't understand, so we got an unfollow. Michael Hartley's very poor on Instagram and his social medias and... Um, everyone's generally pretty good outside right. of that, but those two guys are, are standouts, <laughs> reverse standouts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, James, mate, thank you so much for everything you've done for the Essendon Football Club. There's no Welcome. doubt the Bombers are a, a much better place for having had you play for the club. So thank That's you for lovely. everything you've thank you. given to the Bombers, mate. All the best for the rest of your career. We hope that it finishes uh, sometime in September. Well done, mate. Perfect. Thank you very much. Bomber fans, join us every week on the Footy Panel. Myself, Julian DeStoop and Scott Lucas. Scotty, what can the fans look out for? Each week we'll review the weekend's game, we'll look forward to the upcoming game and we'll have a very special guest each week. Yeah, normally one of Scotty's former teammates as well. So Bomber fans, tune in every week for the Footy Panel. Big thank you to James Kelly for joining us on Bomber Radio. Jez, a remarkable career across two clubs. Um, Interesting to get his thoughts on where Essendon is headed and some uh, touching on the young guys there obviously working closely with Andrew McGrath but Kobe Much as well someone he's looking forward to develop and those that have seen the VFL closely would certainly agree uh, with him yeah the other thing that I you know really um, enjoyed about James's time here at the club was the light-hearted nature he didn't take football too seriously he still had a bit of fun and people who follow him on social media will, will obviously see that um and what interested me was um, the amount that he invested in his body and his mind, which, you know, for the modern-day player is so important um, from your diet through to that, that mental state to make sure that you're, you're on, you're switched on each game. And because he's so laid back and relaxed, um, that was something that I didn't really associate with, with James. But clearly, um, he's had a stellar career over 300 games, so he's doing something right. And I do remember a couple of players whinging that he'd banned the muffins after training and they now have fruit salad and uh, grain-based cereals for uh, for snacks. So a lasting legacy. Um, and beyond, uh, beyond his knowledge, uh, you've also got the diet and uh, the light-hearted nature and the pranks with the young guys. Yeah, big impact on a number of fronts there for James Kelly. Now, uh, plenty of action for the Bombers this weekend. Of course, the senior side takes on Gold Coast on Saturday night. But before that, the VFL side is in action up against Footscray at Windy Hill, 12 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, the Bombers are in seventh spot on the ladder, a pretty uh, tight race for final spots there. So um, the Dons taking on Footscray, who are in fourth spot. So a win um, for the Bombers would see them overtake the Bulldogs um, with a couple of home and away games to go. So another big game for Paul Corrigan and his team. They pulled off an excellent win last week against Box Hill, uh, coming from behind, 44 points down at uh, quarter time uh, it was a fair breeze at Windy Hill but the Bombers uh, got back into it and it came down to a Daniel Union kick um, set shot uh, with a minute to go in that last quarter he nailed it uh, Box Hill went forward and Aaron Francis stepped up with a game saving mark deep in defence so a morale boosting win for Paul Corrigan's team there and they'll be hoping to continue that uh, against Footscray this weekend um, also Jez always striving a book uh, put together by Dan Eddy uh, 
who's written a fair bit about the Bombers, um, a great book about uh, Dick Reynolds that he's uh, published a few years ago, but Always Striving documents uh, a number of the key moments, um, the key figures in Essendon's history, right from the birth of the club right through to today. He's spoken to a range of people, players that played in the 40s, through to guys like Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt. Uh, he interestingly listed the, the most important moment in Essendon's history as the arrival of Dick Reynolds, uh, in the 1930s, so that is certainly one to keep an eye out for. Great book, plenty of uh, fantastic imagery in there as well, um, and it's clear that Dan, you know, he's a passionate Essendon supporter, but uh, his knowledge of the club and and how it's evolved um, over the 140 odd years is uh, is quite impressive. So, as you mentioned, Father's Day is coming up, so get into the bomber shop and pick up a copy for your dad. And uh, I'm sure every Essendon um, supporter will enjoy this book. So come on down to the bomber shop and pick one up. But Simo, massive game as you touched on on the top of the uh, the podcast against the Gold Coast on Saturday night up at Metricon Stadium. Um, always we have a great support from the Essendon faithful up there at the Gold Coast. So um, I know that the, the planes will be full um, from Melbourne up to the Gold Coast, everyone packing their budgie smugglers. It's going to be about 30 degrees up there this weekend. So huge game coming up um, and stay across Essendon's social media um, if you don't have Foxtel. Yep, it's all to play for this weekend. doesn't get much bigger than this. A must-win game for the Bombers if they hope to continue their season into the finals. So make sure, as Jez mentioned, you stay across SNNFC.com.au for all the latest from the Gold Coast. Uh, plenty of great coverage coming up from the VFL as well. Um, so stay across SNNFC.com.au. Thanks a lot for joining us on Bomber Radio. We'll catch you next week.